Welcome, everyone, to the AI and Business Podcast. My name is Matthew DeMello, Senior Editor here at Emerge Technology Research. Today's guest on the program is Thomas Olsen, founding engineer at Einride. Einride is a Swedish-based logistics and technology company best known for pioneering automated transportation solutions and leveraging data to drive cost efficiencies across supply chains. Thomas joins us on the program today to discuss how electric and autonomous vehicles are streamlining logistics workflows and providing cost reductions in everything from energy use to inventory prediction. Later, we'll talk about how an automation-first approach is giving us a new perspective on the best places for human judgment and supervision in supply chains. Without further ado, here's our conversation. Thank you so much, Thomas, for being on the program. Yeah, great being here. It's uh, going to be a great time speaking to you. Absolutely, absolutely. We're very excited. Now, Einride is a very interesting company uh, that has a very unique place in logistics and freight right now. From your vantage point, what do you see as the biggest challenges facing logistics and freight currently? There's a lot of them. Going on from the, the early days for the company, we saw that back then in 2016, there wasn't electric trucks at all in the market. Nothing you can get at all. Basically, wasn't hard, wasn't hardly a trend. We have a lot of people in our company that came out of the big OEMs, and they have been struggling with making transition inside of, of those companies to sustainability. And that's ecological sustainability. I think people talk about a lot when, when we say like electrification and these things. But besides that, there's also the social sustainability. Drivers today, don't, they don't often have the, the, the best circumstances to work out there. There's, of course, great jobs out there, but for some people working in the industry, it's not really a sustainable way of working. Mm-hmm. And then just if you look at the inefficiencies that's been there for a long time, I think digitization in this industry has been an ongoing issue for since the 90s. But uh, I'd say that the, the latest big revolution in the freight industry was the introduction of the container back in the 50s. And since then, not much right. happened. And I think digitization should be that big thing that gets us to the next level of efficiencies where we can really utilize all the assets. But I think in the the way the market is set up right now, it's really hard to get those efficiencies. And there is a significant need of, of change from where it is right now. From where you say that there are market problems, is that a public policy? Is that downstream from public policy or is it problems in the supply chain? Is it more of a private sector issue? I think it's the way the the market is set up, really. So over these hundreds of mm-hmm. years, it's, it's like a diesel value chain where you have the OEMs providing trucks to mostly owner operators. I think in the US, something like 87% of all the freight is done by owner operators. And the, the largest freight carrier in the country has about 1% of the market. So it's basically the most fragmented market out there. And that has a, a lot of different reasons for being so. But, but anyways, these freight mm-hmm. carriers, they, they buy the services of owner operators and uh, sell that freight mm-hmm. to shippers. And shippers in turn can provide the consumers with their services that's needed. And I think uh, each one of these different sub parts of the system has their own optimization loops. And the full system isn't really optimized for what the end goal is, which is moving freight. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'd say right. the way it's set up, it's also like the, the, the owner operators are squeezed in the center of it all. And that's why right. you get these unsustainable working conditions, sometimes unsustainable wages. 
and whatnot. And I think in a lot of ways, it's worse in, in Europe than it is in, in America. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely, for sure. I think this gets to the heart of what Einride is, is is probably known for, which is, you know, the autonomous vehicle side of things. Still, where you talk about the trends, it seems like they are macro problems, hence why I was asking if there's a, a public policy dimension to this. But there are, they are macro problems. It seems as though all of your solutions are focused from your example on, you know, not much has happened here since the invention of, of the crate itself. Your focus on solutions is really focused right at the ground floor. Why why do you think do you think do you think the problems will be alleviated from a, only a bottom up approach? I think that there is many parts to it. Uh, I think we are seeing like public policies being enacted where we know that it's it's increasingly risky to be continuing using diesel because uh, public policies are enacted right. that will make it more costly to continue being on that. So early movers in this industry going into electrification that already have the infrastructure built out when these, I think, inevitable risks are enacted, they will have a, a great mm-hmm. place to be in, frankly. But that means you need to both kind of start deploying these systems, making your strategy clear for how you're going to get them into your value chain. And at the same time, we need policies enacted that make mm-hmm. sure the market functions properly. Because I think today there is a lot of incentives to just continue the way it already is. For sure, for sure. Now we're talking about autonomous vehicles, which has you know been a media story for a little while. Highly prophesized that we were going in this direction for a long time. You're also talking about electric vehicles as an alternative to diesel. These are underlying differences and changes in the dynamics of freight, like you said, on part with the crate. But at the same time, you guys are a data-driven company, and you are gathering information from your vehicles in the way that they are all electric and autonomous. Where do we see that data making a difference and increasing those efficiencies? Yeah, so the promise of electric, let's start right there, is that we have these vehicles with less maintenance, with a less costly fuel, with a longer lifetime, and of course, like the sustainability aspect of it all. But that way you can reach to a better cost uh, eventually using this technology. So I think that's pretty clear for everybody involved. The big question is how to get there because uh, if you get the volumes, you will get these benefits, but in order to get the volumes, you need to get trucks out there. But what are the downsides of the COVID? Well, you have these three things, three anxieties that we can talk about. It's uh, range anxiety, it's cost anxiety, and it's charge anxiety. And these are things that you need to really, really, really control in order to drive efficient electric freight. So this is where the data comes in. So you have all these constraints that you need to optimize around. If you don't have any data, how do you do that optimization? It's just impossible. So the more granular information you can get out of each of the components in the system, that's how you can make a a system that's actually efficient, where you can understand the granularities and have machines taking decisions on that. To your questions on like where machine learning comes in, I think anywhere where you have massive amount of complexity in data, it's a natural place for, for machine learning solutions to be the next step you take. Because yeah, just yeah, regular optimization solutions are brute force. And it's, it's too much for the algorithms, independently of how many machines you scale them out on. It's like a traveling salesman problem, problem, basically. Of course. Let's dive into the autonomous freight 
use case. Where we see the word autonomous being used, it's usually a step up from automation. And I think automation is how most people thought, you know, the transition would go to self-driving vehicles. There'd be a self-driving aspect at the same time the human judgment is elevated or so a lot of this marketing goes. In terms of that, where do we see human judgment in those workflows to ensure freight is getting to their locations on time? I think with any automation that's been coming in in the industry, I don't know, the last few hundred years, you have rather seen a a productivity increase by humans. If you look inside of factories, uh, you start with automating some small part. You always have human supervision to some extent in there. In the beginning, there's more. Over time, there's less. But over time, you increase increase productivity of the people. And I think that's what, what we should be focusing on. This is yet another technology that can make our lives better, that can improve the living standards for a lot of people. It can make uh, mm-hmm. goods and, and services more available to make the, the locality sure. uh, less important. And I think that's the big focus here. And if we talk about on the autonomous side, I think a big shift in the market was this. If you think about early, I don't know, 2017, 2016, companies were talking about these level five vehicles. By 2019, we would have a million of them. They would be everywhere and they would be fully autonomous, no human supervision whatsoever. But if we look at the standards coming out and what the companies are actually doing, there is always a human component in there. And in the latest, I'd say that more companies are talking about it. And maybe we're a bit different there. We've said since the early days that this is yet another automation system. It's exactly what we've had inside the factories, but outside in a more complicated way for sure. But but still, it's gonna need human supervision. It's gonna need assistance, uh, ways to make the operation smooth. and. It's right. not going to be the right solution for every type of transport. Uh, that will take time. Yeah. But there is a significant chunk of transport that we can use this technology for, where we can get value early. And that's what we've been focusing on from the early days. So it seems like there's a spectrum here. And I know in financial services, they'll tend to use autonomy to describe a workflow that's been automated to the point where the human is just really checking a box. Mm every once in a while on some extreme cases. And that's a little different. That's anomaly detection. I'm interested in knowing where the freight workflows are the most autonomized. What does the human supervision look like? So we can take many examples. I guess we've all seen those swarms of of robots inside of of warehouses where you still have have maintenance going on. You have supervision that that you don't have degradations in the system. You have new robots being installed. You have, you know, goods being placed in the wrong way. These anomalies, like last 5% you need to take care of. And that's by now a pretty well-functioning system. So I think if you look at uh, autonomy now in the early days, there will be no more human assistance needed. And uh, I think supervision to make sure that all the degradations are catched and that you, the vehicles always need to be safe on their own because they are an independent unit out there in mixed traffic. And I think that's critical. But when you have certain degradations, you can have human help to, to figure it out. Or if you have something operational, like maybe you need to talk to somebody at the loading dock. Maybe you need to talk about the goods that's going inside. Maybe there's something missed. Who solves that? That's super expensive to be the first thing you automate. And that's where you can have perfect use for humans. And as you do this new deployment, there's going to be a million operational things you need to solve. And just having a human in the loop there that can come in and, and solve certain problems, it's super useful. And that's why we have, we have our own truckers that are working, that have taken the licenses, that are 
monitoring our vehicles and operating them uh, at customers. But that doesn't mean you're driving them with a steering wheel and pedal. There is a lot of ways you can help a, a automated system like that. Yes, yes, very, very interesting stuff, and it, and it's very interesting how it's layered in terms of the supervision, in terms of direct. You know, you can take control of the vehicle versus you know just ensuring that they are getting to where they're going on time, which obviously has a lot of crossover to manufacturing and other sectors, which we'll have to put a bookmark in and save for our next episode. Thomas, thank you so much for joining us here today, and we're looking forward to discussing those topics next time. Perfect, great being here, and thank you for this episode. And in wrapping up today's program, I think the dichotomy that we're hearing in a lot of Thomas's answers, where he talks about autonomy versus automation, usually that implies a little bit more human supervision or intervention in the workflows. But what this means for manufacturing and retail, I'll have to say, stay tuned for our next episode. We'll be having that out in a few weeks. On behalf of Daniel and the entire team here at Emerge, thanks so much for joining us today, and we'll catch you next time on the AI and Business Podcast.